Hey, what's up? Matt Wyatt here. This Dog Pile podcast is brought to you by Mississippi Land Bank. Mississippi Land Bank, where they understand the lay of the land. Visit them online, mslandbank.com. Also, by Jubilations Cheesecake in West Point. Go by and visit George and Luann and the folks at Jubilations. Stop into the coffee house right on Highway 45 in West Point. You can watch cheesecakes being made. And while you're there, take some home. And a special thanks to High Point Roasters Coffee in New Albany. Dan the Coffee Man and the folks there at High Point Roasters. They keep me stocked up with coffee. You can ask my family. They hear that coffee grinder running at about 4.30 in the morning, and then I pour that first cup. It just gets things started right. Trust me on this. Get your coffee at High Point Roasters. Highpointroasters.com. better place to be in the world than right there on that dog pile. What's up, everyone, and welcome to another edition of Dog Pile. I'm Brett Hudson. We come to you after a day of all of four innings of baseball, none of them involving Mississippi State. Rain was Tuesday's winner, uh, which is why we're coming to you with no Bulldog baseball game to discuss. Since the day was mostly a wash, here's what the Wednesday schedule is since Tuesday was, again, more or less uh, a wash. Auburn and Louisville will resume at 11 uh, and finish their game. Then Mississippi State and Lou and not, not Louisville, Mississippi State and Vanderbilt will start 65 minutes after that. Florida State and Texas Tech will play a nightcap that the NCAA says will start at six. Which, lol, yeah, right. That's uh, that's probably not going to happen. Hate to break that to you, NCAA overlords. So that puts me in a tough spot. You see, because I've got this here daily podcast, and it's about Mississippi State baseball, which, for all intents and purposes, did nothing on Tuesday. So, of course, as one can do to solve all problems, I turned to Twitter. I can't prove that the founders of Twitter created this website uh, and did it just for me for this exact purpose, but I also can't prove that they didn't invent it just for me. So I turned to Twitter for content, and y'all gave me questions, and with that, we roll in that direction. We're going to do a Twitter Q&A for today's episode of Dogpile. Um, and if you want to get more in-depth with the actual game that will that will happen around Tuesday, not Tuesday, Wednesday afternoon between State and Vandy, go back in the, the podcast feed uh, to the previous episode on what we thought was going to be game day. I had about a 15-minute sit-down, give or take, with Adam Sparks, the Vanderbilt beat writer for the Tennessee, and uh, really insightful stuff on on Vanderbilt. And I had some numbers and insight into the decision to start Peyton Plumley in that game that'll happen Wednesday. We're guessing it's somewhere in the two o'clock hour, give or take, depending on how quickly that Auburn uh, Louisville game wraps up. But if you want to get a preview of that, head on over there. We we do have some actual baseball questions in here, uh, and it's but it's going to be a little bit of a MSU mailbag feel to it for those of you that remember those back in back in the old days. Some serious sports questions, more questions about total and complete nonsense. So we'll alternate until we're down to just nonsense. That that sound pretty good. I, I hope it does because y'all don't really have a choice in the matter. This thing's already recorded. Sorry about it. Before we get into that, do want to let you know that this episode of Dogpile, as always, is brought to you by Jubilations Cheesecake and Mississippi Land Bank. But our travel up to Omaha was made possible by High Point Roasters Coffee 
in New Albany. They're the oldest coffee operation in the state of Mississippi. They've got a deal going on right now. You can get free shipping on orders of three bags or more at highpointroasters.com. And I do appreciate those of you that have hit up Dan the Coffee Man on Twitter, at Dan the Coffee Man. Let him know that you appreciate their their work and their uh, their their. Uh, I guess their ability or their, I don't want to say sacrifice, right? But their their willingness to to make our travel to Omaha possible and complimentary of the coverage and complimentary of their uh, of their involvement in what we're doing here at Matt White Media. So appreciate all of you that have done that. Uh, make sure you continue to do it for those of you that have not done it already. And as Dan always says, stay caffeinated, my friends. It's time to get into these Twitter Q and A questions. We're gonna start with Nathan Kyles, who wants to know if I think the game being postponed will have an effect on either team. I don't think so, but I think the biggest impact is for the lost day for the loser of this game. I think the the postponement of the game, I don't, ha- I don't anticipate it impacting the actual result of the game, win or loss, but I do think the fact that it was postponed makes the road home even more difficult for the losing team. And and here's why the loser of this game has to play an elimination game on Thursday, just in hopes of playing another elimination game on Friday, just in hopes of playing another elimination game on Saturday, four games in four days, pretty much all of them with the season on the line. It's not ideal, especially for those human body warping people we call pitchers. Um, So it's not, it's not a fun situation to be in for the loser of this game. So I don't anticipate this postponement um, impacting who's going to win and who's going to lose or how well any individual party is going to perform in it. But I, but I do think it makes the road home uh, uh, not literally impossible, but real, real tough to accomplish for whoever loses this game. Um, now we have a nonsense question. Let's go to Hayden Campbell. Fiercest animal you could take in a fight. I don't know how y'all come up with these. This is where this is where I really get to play with the definition of the word fiercest, right? Because I could easily point to the piranha as as a wildly fierce animal, get it on land and kick the crap out of it in a fight. But I'll be true to the question and avoid the technicalities. The tricky part of this question is I think size plays some factor in this just because fierce but really, really small isn't that big of a deal like some crazy insect or something, right? So there's a there's a sweet spot in terms of ferocious nature and size of the animal. Cause I'm not taking a grizzly bear. I think that's that's pretty clear, right? Um maybe a pit bull? I'm not messing with a coyote. So I'm thinking in that general size range. And maybe a, a pit bull? Like could could I overpower a, a pit bull? I'm not talking like a trained pit bull or a trained police dog or something, just like your average domesticated pet pit bull, right? Uh, maybe I could do something like that. Uh, that's that's my answer. Hayden, I'll, I'll, I'll roll with that. Rolls-Royce has a baseball question. He wants to know what the chances of Mississippi State changing their starting pitcher is, and is JT Ginn ready? Um, I, I would say slim to none. Uh, Peyton Plumley was not chosen to take this start because JT Ginn wasn't ready. JT Ginn is ready. He was chosen to take this start because the coaching staff has done their scouting report on, on Vanderbilt and, and they know these pitchers better than anyone. And, and they believe that Peyton Plumley 
is the best matchup for this Vanderbilt lineup. And I kind of dove into some of those things in the podcast from yesterday that, that I mentioned, including Plumlee's performance against left-handed hitters of late, of which Vandy has a lot. Um, so that, that plays a factor in it. But uh, again, and I've seen a little bit of concern for JT Ginn and, and the mentions, which is fair, right? I mean, he's had moments of, of arm care being, being an issue. Uh, so it's fair to be concerned about his health and well-being. And in something like this, but uh, that's not the case here. Uh, this is a genuine matchup deal, and, and whether State's next game comes on Thursday or Friday, uh, depending on the result of the Vanderbilt game, I expect JT Ginn uh, to handle that game or to start it. Uh, Brad Haynes asks, does a bear poop in the woods? These questions, the, so the two questions that really hit the kind of question that I'm getting at here is this one, does a bear poop in the woods? And the if a tree falls in the in the in the forest, does it make a sound with no one there? Right, that question. Those two hypothetical questions they drive me crazy, and here's why: it's obvious. Like there is no maybe it does, maybe it doesn't kind of deal. Like uh, bears live in the woods, so they poop in the woods. If a tree falls, it's going to make a sound whether someone is there to hear it or not. Right? And I've never understood these questions I'm down for hypotheticals Lord knows I've done plenty of those um, in the mailbag and probably on this podcast but those two I don't I don't understand the premise I don't get it I, I never will anyway get back to baseball with Cowbell Jay who slid in the DMs for this one has there ever been consecutive no hitters in in college baseball that goes back to uh, Kumar Rocker Vandy starter who had a no hitter in the super regional against Duke and he's going to start against Mississippi State. I couldn't find an instance of it. That doesn't mean it hasn't happened and it's not buried in the archives of a season somewhere. Uh, But I couldn't find an instance of it happening. I did find a page in the NCAA record book with a number of no-hitters in a given given season going back to 1957. And I'm going to say that it's pretty unlikely that any one guy has had back-to-back no-hitters because there's been so few of them in the first place. Now, I'm about to run some numbers, but y'all need to know that these are all team no-hitters. So some of them are several pitchers combined. Some of them are just one. Keep that in mind. But from 1997 through 2018, that's 22 seasons, only eight of them had double-digit no-hitters in all of Division I baseball. Now, they have been getting more common. From 2013 to 2018, there were 86 no-hitters in those six seasons. In the six-season pro- stretch prior to that, there were only 37 no-hitters. So it seems that no-hitters are becoming more common in Division I college baseball, so it's possible that we get close to flirting with this instance, and hey, maybe maybe Kumar Rocker goes four or five hitless uh, on Wednesday, and, and all of a sudden he's flirting with it. But I doubt that it's happened to this point. That's that's the best I can do, Cowbell Jake. Hope you'll hope you'll take that. Mark Adams, bourbon of your choice in an old fashioned. Um, so I'm on a Buffalo Trace kick at the moment. Uh, I've also also a big fan of Woodford, but th- that's the thing about bourbon. It almost has to be good thanks to the legal restrictions on what one can do and still label what's being sold as bourbon. Uh, Of course, some is better than others, but in general, if you have bourbon, it's generally good 
quality relative to most other liquors, and that I am so here for. Love that about bourbon. Um, so that's that's my answer. It's generally uh, I'm on a Buffalo Trace kick right now, but that's the thing about bourbon, man. All bourbon's good to me. All bourbon is good. These are two really good ones on on baseball from uh from James McKell, and I think these are our last baseball questions before we get into total and complete nonsense. The first one, uh, James says he hasn't really heard much from Vandy's J.J. Bladé in the postseason. What does his slash line look like, and how does he match up with with Peyton Plumley? It's a 308-471-385 slash line, and yes, that is a slugging percentage that is almost 100 points lower than the on-base percentage. Two walks in the Louisville game earlier in the College World Series helped that, but the power has dropped off for for Blade in the NCAA tournament. For context, Blade slugged about 110 points better than his batting average in the regular season compared to 80 points better currently in the NCAA tournament. It's a small sample, but those are the numbers. Do with them what you will. And, and James had several questions on the draft and how that process usually works. How much contact there is between the pro teams and the player. Do most of them hire an agent? Is there a lot of negotiation on terms? Etc. Um, the negotiation on terms. So yes, there there is a lot of negotiation. There is a lot of contact, uh, but it's not. Uh, I don't think the the contract negotiations in baseball work the way we're accustomed to them working in something like a baseball, like a major league baseball free agency, or even an NFL extension situation where where team management and agencies are kind of going to going to battle with each other literally every single day for for a certain period of time um to iron things out and and get the the final details done and and all that because one because the slot value the slot value makes a pretty standard starting point uh, for most, and there, there are obvious fluctuations to that, like be it high schoolers who have to be bought out of going to college or uh, college seniors who don't really have much arguing leverage, so they're, they're kind of forced to take less and, and other examples of that. But for the most part, the, the slot value does provide a certain base for negotiations to start at, which, which does make it a little bit easier. It also kind of limits the contact in that regard because there is that established starting point out there that, that agents in other uh, in other ways of sports, they kind of have to create that starting point by using precedent. And that doesn't always influence organizations the way they think they should because you can show organization A precedent from what six other organizations did and organization A says, well, we think all those other organizations are idiots. So we're not gonna, we're not gonna roll that way. College baseball and the MLB draft has that built-in negotiation starting point and in the slot values assigned to picks. So that makes it easier. Uh, well, it makes for less intense contact between teams and, and management, agents, etc. Um, because of that, but also these, these major league franchises are trying to sign God knows how many draft picks, um, I mean, on average 40, right? Because that's how many rounds are there. And they're, they're the undrafted uh, free agent deals. You know, they got to fill out these uh, these low A and rookie league ball rosters somehow. So there's a lot of undrafted uh, signees out there. Uh, Josh Lovelady did that uh, after 
Mississippi State's run in 2017. And I'm assuming Elijah McNamee will do it at the end of the College World Series run this year. Um, so, so they've got a lot on their plate. So it might not be an every hour of every day kind of deal for, for every single agent representing a, a college player or a high school player in the draft because there's a lot for them, uh, the major league organizations to do. Trying to make sure I've hit on everything he asked. Do most of them hire an agent? Uh, the ones that need to hire an agent, hire an agent. Yes. So your, your primary high school prospects, uh, your, your college guys that, that think that it's time for them to go uh, or are seniors and have no choice but to go, yes, most of those guys hire an agent. Um, is there a lot of negotiation on terms? No, I think, I think I've hit all the, the questions there, and if, and if you have follow-ups, let me know. I'm willing to answer them. Why not? Um, and now we've got nothing but, but nonsense questions. Hope y'all hope y'all enjoy these. I, I think they're fun. Jack Bryan wants to know the top three songs with rain in the title. Can't imagine why. Why he would ask that here's my list purple rain by prince have you ever seen the rain by credence clearwater revival and it's raining men and my uh my list disappeared i, I can't uh i can't give you the the artist of that song off the top of my head but it's raining men you all know the song it's popular you know what i'm talking about um i'm sure I'm sure y'all will let me know that there's a bad take in there somewhere, and that's that's perfectly fine. Peyton Neely, why have you been blessing the rains in Omaha? Why have you not? It's going to take a lot to get me away from blessing the rains in Omaha. There's nothing that a million men or more could ever do to keep me from blessing the rains down in Omaha. I'm going to take some time, you know? I'm going to take some time. Put it that way. Wayne McGahee III, Florida State beat writer uh, for the Tallahassee Democrat. Why haven't I had a steak yet? Um, <laughs> that's, that's some good old-fashioned press box hazing. Um, so last year, I did a uh, – <laughs> thanks, Wayne. Thanks for making me admit this on the podcast. Last year, I was an Omaha rookie, right? Like State hadn't been since, what, 13, right? And I didn't get on this beat until 17. So this was my, last year was my, my first Omaha trip. And yes, I knew about famous Omaha steaks and wanted to have the Omaha steak and, and do the whole deal. Uh, but I also wasn't super comfortable with the schedule and how things work and your workflow when you're covering the College World Series. And I just never found the right time to set aside and go have like the classic high-end steakhouse meal in Omaha. Uh, so I didn't have a steak last year when I was here in Omaha for the College World Series. And, and I told Wayne that, and Wayne was pretty disappointed in me, as he should be. Fair. I deserve that. And, and several other writers who have since learned of that story and made sure they uh, they voiced their disappointment to me. But I changed that this year. So I'm recording this late Tuesday night after a fantastic meal at 801 Chop House. Man, that was a good meal. Um, I had a 16-ounce ribeye, and I went with a group of four, uh, and we split some garlic mashed potatoes, some green beans, uh, and like good steakhouse green beans too, like cooked in bacon grease and, and chopped up pieces of bacon in there. Um, and what was the other side? We split some mac and cheese with a nice breadcrumb topping. Man was so good 
so good. A bottle of wine split among us as well. Um, good times. So I've I've rectified the whole Omaha steak situation. Wayne, you're you're welcome. You're welcome for that update. And finally, Andy Atkinson, what breed of dog would you prefer to have dog pile on you? Um, well, I mean, the obvious answer is a cat, right? Because that'll that's pretty comfortable, <laughs> especially like the the cats that have to get declawed to live in certain houses or apartment complexes or whatever. It's nothing. Uh, <laughs> that's kind of cheating. Um, I had a rat terrier growing up. Um, pretty pretty similar to a Jack Russell terrier, a uh, small dog. That eh, seems like that'd be fine and fun and they're the the rat terrier very energetic dogs so you're kind of they're kind of moving around they'd be fun to be in a dog pile under as opposed to just a mass of humanity piling on top of you for for the sake of doing nothing other than piling on top of you um the rat terrier would probably move around and and jump around and just be crazy and nonsense um so yeah i'll, I'll go with the with the rat terrier as as an ode to to my former dog shouts to buddy Okay, I think we've, uh, let me make sure. Yeah, I think we've, we have completed this Twitter Q&A special of Dogpile Daily from Omaha, Nebraska and the College World Series. Now, I know I said this last time and weather proved me wrong, but I'm going to say it again and hope that I speak it into existence. Next time we podcast, we will have seen a Mississippi State baseball game and we'll have coverage of it cover coverage of it every way you can imagine um breaking it down in a bunch of different ways also uh while we were waiting out the the rain delay and the postponement announcement and all that i put together a quick video on a vandy hitter julian infante that has been killing the ball in the postseason uh slugging slugging percentage way way up there it was a thousand coming into the college world series so i put together a video of how he's been hitting for power in the uh in the ncaa tournaments you can find that on the facebook page facebook.com slash radio wide i also tweeted out the link when i woke up wednesday morning um i'm saying that now because it's posted after i woke up i hope at least Timing is weird sometimes. Time is a flat circle. Time is a social construct. Blah, blah, blah. There's video coverage is, is the point to, to give you a little more of a preview for the uh, Mississippi State-Vanderbilt game that we very much hope is played in between now and the next time I had to post a podcast. Hopefully, we come back to you with a Mississippi State baseball game to analyze every way we possibly can. Until then, uh, let, let's just hope Mother Nature doesn't get another dub, shall we? Again, we want to thank our sponsors who make Dogpile possible. Mississippi Land Bank. Y'all let them know at mslandbank.com and tell them Hale State. Jubilations Cheesecake in West Point. Jubilations.com. Every season is Jubilation season. And High Point Roasters Coffee in New Albany. Trust me, get your coffee at High Point and check them out online. Highpointroasters.com. We'll see you next time.